great possibilities. Reading this again because I just started recording. Then Jesus, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 27, and Jesus, looking upon them, who? His disciples. Saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. So the salesman, you've ever shopped for furniture before? So the salesman at the furniture store told this man, this customer, they were looking at couches, and said, this sofa will seat five people without any problems. And the customer got angry. And the, the man selling the sofa said, what are you angry about? I, he said, the man said, because of what you said. And the, the, the salesman said, I just said, this sofa will seat five people. A big sofa. Without any problems. You know what the customer said? He said, well, that's why I'm mad. He said, why? He said, where am I going to find five people without any problems? You know, isn't that the way that it is? Man, if you came to church today, you might have problems for five people. He said, preacher, I got a problem with my back. I got a problem with my neck. Well, at least you're consistent, right? I was sitting on my sofa the other day with a problem. I couldn't get up. I thought that was an old person thing. You sit down and then you cannot stand up. No one ever faced that before. I mean, I was sitting on my couch. I tried to stand up. My back said, nope. I sat back down. I'm not joking. I mean, I was laughing about it. And so I tried to stand up again. I sat back down. This is, I, this is me. And so, uh, you know what I did? I kind of fell onto the ground. <laughs> and somehow I got up, right? And you know that, I guess I bought that. Maybe I didn't find that, that sofa from that guy because I got one person with a problem. Where are you going to find five people? Well, the truth is, isn't it? We all have problems. And you know that I'm thankful. I was, I was on a, 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 uh, a flight and there was a gentleman some years ago. I was going to a church conference in Washington State another time. And uh, this gentleman uh, was uh, flying there and uh, he was an IT guy. And he was telling me about what he did. And I said, wow, um, you saw, I said, you solve problems. And you know what he told me? He said, no, I don't. He said, I make solutions. He said, if you solve problems, all you're ever going to have is problems. And I'm like, ooh, that's good enough to write down. You know that I'm thankful that that's what you say, preacher, but I've got problems. You know what? We don't need more problems. We need a solution for our problems. You know that that's why God laid on our heart great possibilities. Well, unfortunately, though, part of the equation, if we need a great possibility, maybe it's because prior to that, we got a great, big, honking problem. You know, if people say, well, preacher, I have problems. I'm going to come to church as soon as I figure them out. But you know what? The irony of that is you're never going to figure them out until you come to church. So preacher, once I pay the debt off and once this relationship, this and that and the other, then I'll start with Jesus. But what we need to realize is the problem won't get solved doing the same things that got us in 
to the problem. That's the truth. That's right. Isn't it the truth that Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he had, he had shared this uh, kind of this parable or this metaphor. And he said, uh, he looked round about him. And I don't know if he was looking at people with a lot of opulence, but notice what he said prior to this verse that I read. He said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? I said, preach, well, that's not me, right? So I'm safe, right? Well, there's a, there's a real message here. And the disciples were astonished at his words. And Jesus answereth again and saith unto him, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? Now, there's your key. To enter in to the kingdom of God. You know, money's a tool. And uh, if you have money in your wallet, you know that it doesn't actually have any power. Okay, so I'm really hungry. Eat yourself a $100 bill. Then you'd be really hungry and sick, right? And you might get something from all the nasty stuff that's on that, right? Unless you eat a $1 bill, it's probably okay, right? Did you hear that $1 bill and that $20 bill talking? You didn't even hear them talking? And so they wound up in a wallet together, right? You never heard of this? They talk. There's people on there, right? So the $1 bill said to the $20 bill, I haven't seen you forever. Where you been? That's George and Jefferson, right? That's one and 20. Is Jefferson on the 20? Man, I don't even... Is he on there? I think I got one Jefferson. So let me see. Okay, yeah, that's Jackson. Jackson's on the 20, right? And George is on the, on the one. So George and Jackson were talking. And the $1 bill said, where you been? And the $20 bill said, huh, man, I have been getting around. Like where? I've been on carnival cruise ships. I've been to, really, I've been to Paris. I've been to Italy. I've been, I've been to Rome. I've, I've gone to safaris in Africa. I've gone to the Great Wall of China. I've been to Vegas so many times. I've been to sports events and... Uh, and the $20 bill said, but enough about me. Hey, Mr. $1 bill, where have you been? $1 bill said, you know, church, 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 church. <laughs> so you can eat a $1 bill, there'll probably be less bacteria on it, right? It's been hanging around the church. I'm messing with my daughter. My daughter, she wanted to give 12 cents in the World Missions offering. And I said, 12 cents? Oh, what great faith. You know what I said? I said, she says, plus my dollar. And I said, you see, because it's a dollar, right? <laughs> and I said, she goes, it's better than nothing. And I said, you're right. I said, what can you buy for 12 cents at McDonald's? Mm. Nothing. <laughs> so they ring you up for Happy Meal. It says $3.99. We said, well, here's 12 cents. So that's not going to work. Better than nothing. You know, try to get yourself some McDonald's. <laughs> and I'm not trying to pick on my kid, but you know what? Sometimes we can say, well, here, God, here's your 12 cents. It's better than nothing. But you know what? When we do that, do we use the same thing when we go to the Apple store and say, well, here's 12 cents. I want those iPods, AirPods. I want some I something. And they say, well, let me get something to stick it in your eye because that's all you're going to get at the Apple store for under probably 100 bucks, right? But you know that money is a tool, but it's only a representation 
of value. That $20 bill has no power to new, uh, give you nourishment. And like, maybe a little fiber, okay? <laughs> but that $100 bill has no power to, 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 to change your marriage or to turn, bring heat in your house. But it's just something that we all recognize. That dollar bill in America, it's recognized the world over, okay? The world over, American money is recognized. In fact, I think Zimbabwe uses our currency as their de facto currency. And Zimbabwe is a country in Southern Africa. But Jesus was saying, wait a second, that this tool has limits. He said, you got a problem if you trust only in this tool. Now, he wasn't saying money was wrong. Money's a blessing, okay? It's a tool. Say, preacher, do Christians win the lottery? What would happen? It would just make you more of what you already are. It's just a tool. If you're, uh, if you're a, a giver, it'll just make you more of a giver. And you know what? It's a real blessing. It's a blessing to receive. So, in the fellowship meeting, there was a, a brother that... Uh, had given me, when I came down to Jacksonville, uh, we stopped in Baltimore to have church, Reverend Charles. He played the piano at the fellowship meeting. I've known some of these people. We went to a good fellowship meeting. I've known these people longer than my wife, than I've known my wife. And uh, he gave me, uh, he said, here. I said, what's that? He said, I said, offering. $300. And... Uh, I said, thank you. I didn't even know what it was for. I came down to Jacksonville. My air conditioning broke. It was dripping water. And say, oh, that's no big deal. Your air conditioning broke. But it was raining on the inside of my car. And, and it's expensive to fix. Well, what did you have? I had an offering yes. from the brother. I said, preacher, right. Let's get some more offerings. No. It made me realize, you know what? I want to be like him. Yes. I want to be a giver. I want to bless someone. You know, I still remember that years. That was what, 20 years ago. And the money's long gone. The car is probably long gone, okay? But you know that I'm thankful that God shows us that there's something about that spirit to be a blessing. And he began to talk to these folks about riches. And you know that real riches, they come from Jesus Christ. God gives us spiritual riches. But he said, wait a second. If you trust in the tools down here, they're good down here. Man, money will get you anything, right? Except what the Beatles say, right? Money can't buy me love, right? Money can get you a lot of things. You know, someone said money will buy you a bed, but it won't buy you sleep. So there's limits, right, to the tool. Money will buy you a girl in a lot of countries for one night. It's the truth. But it's not going to buy you a relationship. It's not going to buy you commitment. Or it'll buy you a boy. You know, it'll buy you whatever you want. But Jesus said, hey, you're not going to enter in. It's hard if you trust in that tool. You got a problem. And then he began to say, he said, uh, it's easier for a camel, not a camel cigarette, but a camel. When I was a kid, people smoked camels. That was the thing. Okay, Joe Camel was the teenage kind of icon for cigarettes. Did you smoke? I'm allergic to smoke, so I just inhaled everyone else's secondhand smoke. So yes, I guess, but not through a cigarette, through everyone else's cigarettes, right? But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He said it's easier for a camel, a big camel, to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. That's the problem, isn't it? So I want to get into the kingdom of God and you say, but if you're trusting in the wrong thing, it's easier for a camel to go through, it, through the eye of a needle. Now, what's the eye of a needle? 
They didn't have needles like we do today with a little hole in them. And it wasn't talking about a real camel going through the eye of a needle, although that would be a good video, wouldn't it? So you have holding a camel, it's like, you're holding a needle until the jump and the camel just goes. <laughs> man, if you can do that, man, I will, I will invest in whatever company you start, okay? But Jesus was not talking about that. Jesus was talking about a literal camel and the eye of a needle. Did you ever hear this? So they would have walls around cities back in those days. We do today, right? We have walls around our houses. <laughs> They're called walls. And we have doors that inhibit people going in and out. Unless you have a pet. What do you have when you have a pet? Some people have a door for the pet. You know what it's called? A doggy door. You never heard of that? And it's most humans can't fit in. Did they try to fit in in Home Alone through the doggy door? Mm-hmm. Didn't one of the bad guys come in? Right? Like the fat guy kind of kind of wiggled in through the doggy door and then little Kevin like lit him on fire or something because he got stuck in the doggy door. That is what Jesus was talking about. So in these cities, they had little, little, uh, they would close the gates at night, okay, for the thieves so they couldn't enter. And so they had small, narrow entrances that were cut into the walls. I don't know exactly how they were made. And a camel, which was what? Like your car. It was your beast of burden. It carried things. It transported your riches. They were laid upon, you know, in sacks on the camel. And so the camel, if you wanted to go through the eye of the needle, you know what it'd have to do? You'd have to take all of those riches off the camel. The camel would have to kneel down and humble itself. And if you've ever ridden a camel, you know that they are not humble things. They will spit on you. They will bite you. And their orthodontist has not visited them in 10 years. Look at their teeth. You don't want that, right? So they would have to, they would have to unload everything and they would have to kind of wiggle through. And that's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, if we're going to make it to heaven, we have to humble ourselves. We have to take off all of those things that we're trusting in and begin to trust in something else to get us through. You know, if we have a problem, there's another thing that we need. And this is really where Jesus comes in. We need power. If you have a problem, and let me tell you, as a Christian, you'll get more problems. <laughs> Did you, if you ever think that becoming a Christian means that, oh, all my problems went away. People throw roses at me and you walk down the catwalk. You have no fat on your body. It's like, this is awesome. No, I wish, especially the fat part, right? Because preacher, you don't have fat on you. There's fat that you can't see with clothes on that's there. Let me tell you, just believe it, okay? When you get middle age, you'll know it for surely. it's in there right but when you become a Christian your problems get bigger but your God gets bigger that's what happens you see the great possibilities the the disciples were saying who can be saved he said this is impossible then preacher there's, there's no way out of it he said you know what but you're looking at the wrong tool you see sometimes we think well I need to work harder or I need to, you know, I need to get a side job. I, don't, I can't cover my bills. You know what God said? It's something so counterintuitive. You say, no, you don't need to work more. You need to pay your tithe. You need to change your priority and put God first. Give that first 
to God. And he said, well, preacher, what will happen then? Then God will begin to be part of the solution. He said, preacher, but what if it doesn't work? What if it does work? And the Bible said, Jesus said, with men, it's impossible. Continue to do it your way. It ain't going to work. But then he said, do it God's way. He said, you want power? He said, with God, all things are possible. When you put God into the mix, you say, well, preacher, with God, could something happen? With God, anything can happen. When Jesus was in Matthew, he, had a, he probably had this grain of this mustard seed, this little ball, right? It looks like a ball bearing that falls out of a cheap toy, okay? And you have them rolling around on your floor and your carpet if you've got kids because there's little ball bearings. That's what a mustard seed looks like. And Jesus said, if you've got faith as a grain of mustard seed, he said, you can look at a mountain and say, get out of my way. And say, preacher, but what, you throw the mustard seed at the mountain? That's not possible. You know, if you talk to a farmer and uh, you said, you held up a mustard seed and said, I've got this mustard seed. You know what the farmer would say? Ooh, you know, I've got this corn seed. And the farmer would say, let me tell you how you make that thing work. You know what you do? You take that and you plant it. See, the mustard seed's useless. It's the truth, right? You put it in the ground and then it will grow. You know, it's the same thing with that faith. Faith is nothing but a power cord. It's what you have faith in. If I've got a little bit of faith, but it's in Jesus Christ, then I can take that little bit of faith and I can plug it into an exceptionally large, heavenly power grid. You see that when I plug things into Jesus Christ, coming to church, brethren, plugging things into the wall, you know, when the power goes out, you ever walk around your house and turn lights on? I do. I walk around my house like, hey, it doesn't work. Well, the power's out. You can flip the switch on and off all that you want, but there's no power in it. I do that, and I hate it, because then you don't know if the power stays out at night. You don't know which ones are on and which ones are off. So at 3 in the morning, half the lights come on, and the fan comes on, and the radio comes on, blinking at you, right? But the Bible says that when Jesus Christ came, He came to give men and women Power with God. That when you want a great possibility, let me tell you, when you've tried everything else, when all those 20s and all those 1s and everybody have not brought joy and peace to your life, take that grain of mustard seed and plug it into Jesus. You know, the Bible said that God went through things for us. He invested for us. The Bible says for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy set before Jesus? Us. You. It said he endured the cross. Jesus went to the cross for you. We sang that song, there's power in the blood, because there's power in the blood of Jesus. The blood was the redemptive power to claim us back from Satan, to claim us back from our old nature, to claim us back from Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden. Really, Eve was deceived. It was Adam that was the open sinner. He committed rebellion against God. But Jesus came to a different tree. And uh, in Oklahoma, they had this thing where you could stake your claim. They would give out free land of parcels, and it had these stakes in it, right? 
and they would represent the four corners of your free land. And you basically would just go out, run to it, stand there, and like uh, record the coordinates, and you would stake, literally stake your claim to the land that was freely given. You know that when Jesus went to the cross, he literally staked his claim. When that cross was put into the ground, Jesus was hanging on the cross. He claimed a possibility to change anybody's life that would come to him. The Bible said that the Bible said if we're in Christ, we're a new creature. Those old things, they've passed away. Man, I like that. Say, preacher, but I can't change my life. Quit trying and let Jesus change your life. You see, when you come to Jesus, God has a great possibility. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful that my wife, sometimes if I get to try to figure things out in my own life, my wife is kind of like, well, just pray. Let's trust God. Thanks, honey. Don't stop doing that. Even if I try to give her a lecture, do I ever lecture you? Oh. <laughs> You don't know, honey. I do the books and I'm shut out. Right? Man, you ever give God an excuse? And I wonder if God hears us like, like, like the peanuts heard the teacher. Remember that? They didn't hear one thing that teacher said. It was just a bunch of hum, 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 hum. You know, God knows better too. And I believe that God wants us to trust him. The disciples were looking astonished. But guess what? Jesus was looking astonished. I can imagine they're both looking at each other when uh, they both didn't expect. Like if you're going 100 miles an hour and you get pulled over by the cop, he's looking at you with wide eyes because you're going so fast. You're looking at him with wide eyes. But you know what? He's not the one that's wrong. You know that I'm thankful that God makes it. Well, how do I get out of that ticket? Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how. Okay, a man got pulled over by the higher patrol. And uh, the higher patrol said, hey, caught you doing 100. And the man said, yes, sir. And the, the higher patrol said, well, if you can tell me one that I haven't heard before, it's my last, it's my last ticket, I'll let you off. And the man said, okay. He said, uh... He said, I, 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 I've been trying to get, get rid of my, uh, my ex-wife, but uh, she keeps just winding up back in my house. And he said, when I saw you, I took, started running because I thought I saw her in the car. You were trying to bring her back to me. The man said, have a nice day. <laughs> but God knows that what we really need, God, God's good, right? Is power with God. You see, the power of God's greater than anything that I have in my life. But I, be I became a Christian because I had tried all the other stuff. I had tried to make myself feel good. I had tried, you know, a lot of sin is a coping mechanism. But you know, just to like a lot of bad things, it's auto-catalytic. You know what that means? Okay, so it creates the same feelings that it pretends to cure. Okay, so you feel bad. Let me give you a representation. You feel really bad. So you eat a bunch of junk food. What happens? I feel great. No, you feel really bad. So what do you do? You eat junk food. So what do you do? You feel really bad. It's called a loop, right? It's auto-catalytic. So I feel bad. Well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to drink a 12-pack. Well, what does that make you do? <laughs> feel bad. So what am I going to do? I'm going to drink a 12-pack. What is that going to do? It puts you in the loop. 
And it's a loop of defeat. It's a loop of problems. That's what sin is. But let me tell you, if you want to break out of the loop, if you want to break out of the tractor beam, if you want to break out of the gravity and the pull of the devil, all you need is one touch from Jesus Christ. And God can set you free and make you a new creature. Just like the demoniac. The Bible said he was sitting... He was clothed, and he was in his right mind. And you know what Jesus said? Hey, just go tell everybody what God did for you. And he began to publish in Decapolis. That's ten cities, right? The things that God had done for him. You know what happened after that? That Jesus was walking. Same chapter, I believe, or the next chapter. Next chapter. There was a woman with an issue of blood. It said when she had heard of Jesus, she came behind and touched him. You know that, I wonder if she heard of Jesus from that former demoniac. Because he was publishing that God could change a life instantly with one touch. And she came and she grabbed Jesus and said, God, if you can do it like that, I need a great possibility. And my wife comes to the piano. That's really what we're talking about is a prayer. You know, prayer changes things. And I'm not talking about, you know, in a, in a sentimental way, okay, like a, like, a, like a card, a Hallmark card, you know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that there is absolute power when you pray. I'm talking about power to heal when you pray. That could not happen if you didn't pray. I'm not just talking about, man, I feel better, you know, because like you talk to a psychiatrist or something. And when I was young, I went and I don't know if he had a couch. I had some problems as a kid. And uh, so my parents took me to sit on the couch. Preacher, I have no respect for you. Well, guess what? God, I did a lot of things. I'm not ashamed of going to see the psychiatrist because I needed some help. I did a lot of things I'm ashamed of. So if you don't like me for that, there's a lot of other stuff I can tell you about. But God... Delivered me from a lot of sin. See, God didn't save a good boy. He saved a sinner. He saved a kid that had some issues, depression, all these other things, suicidal thoughts. I'm just being real. But when God saved me, he set me free. I don't have to even say, well, preacher, what do you get? I was sitting on the psychiatrist talk. You know what they do? And I'm not against psychiatrists. I needed to go. He just was listening to me. I was talking, and he figures if I talk enough, I'll probably start to figure out some of my own problems. But you know what? And he guides the conversation in different things. And there's a place for that. But you know what? Jesus isn't a psychiatrist. Jesus is a complete healer. He's a savior. He can set you free. All the things of the world, they help to a degree. Money helps to a degree. Uh, Fitness helps to a degree. These are good things in their place. But you see, that little prayer that plugs into God, God's power is the chain. We went to a fellowship meeting yesterday. There were some changed men and women. They have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Not church attendance, not paying their tithe. All of these things are good in their place. But you know what? Just like money won't save you, going to church won't save you. Paying your tithe won't save you. Walking an old lady across the street won't save you. But Christ can save you. He can get you out of those coping mechanisms. And I know that has to touch someone's heart because that was me. And I might have used different things than you used, but I was just trying to get to stop feeling bad. And so I would use these things. And what were they? They were were gross, right? But I would use these different things. And uh, that's what pornography is. 
Look, I'm just being real, but if you look at that, you're just trying to cope for feeling bad, but a, a picture of a woman, that, that, that's never gonna do anything like a wife, okay? Or like a husband. But when I got saved, I realized I didn't need that anymore. You know, that's real freedom. It's not on the outside, it's on the inside. And then I can lift up my hand and say, I no longer have to do that anymore because I've got Jesus. Jesus has made unto me deliverance, and he's made unto me wisdom, he's made unto me sanctification because he set me free from all those coping mechanisms, all that sin in my life. And you know, that's what Jesus will do for you because he did it for me. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around in reverence to the Lord and, and I didn't say anything, I, I, hope, I really didn't say anything to try to offend someone, but you see, the third thing is prayer. It's prayer is just simply talking to God. Because what did Jesus say? With God. You want to make it to heaven? And brethren, in 30 or 40 years, if you outlive me and I live a full life, you're going to look at my body in the casket or the little thing of ashes. Don't knock me over, okay, if I'm in a little thing of ashes, right? But none of this stuff will matter. None of the workouts that I do, none of the eating lettuce or whatever. The only thing that's going to matter is, was Jesus my Savior? And you know what? I intend to serve him. Because as problems gets big, let me share a quote from a man. And we're gonna face problems. You know what? Bigger problems, we just need a bigger Jesus. Every day, a preacher named Andrew Murray said, your Christian life is to be proof that God works impossibilities. Your Christian life is to be a series of impossibilities made possible and actual by God's almighty power. You see, it seems impossible, but then you add Jesus. And that marriage works. And that bill gets paid. And that coping mechanism can get put in the trash. It can get deleted off your phone because you don't need it anymore. Because the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. The joy of the Lord becomes your coping mechanism. The joy and prayer hooks us up with a great power that's greater than our greatest problem. And also is our ticket into those pearly gates up in heaven. And yes, they are pearly, and they're made out of a giant, huge pearl, and there's a pile of them, and the streets are made with gold, and God has a place that he's preparing for those that believe in him. Let's find a place to pray. If you got a great problem, there's an altar here. There's a great power. And God just needs a little prayer. A little prayer to say, God, I want to enter in to that power. I need a touch. I need something from Jesus. Christian, you're never going to get away from great problems. Let me tell you, I've served God a few years, but you can access great power. That's a tool that this world doesn't know, but it's a tool that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. And you can access right now just by calling on that name of Jesus. Jesus will dissolve every chain of sin. Jesus will break the bonds that are in there in your life. And I don't know what your bond is. I don't know what your chain is. I'm not here to rattle it. I'm here to tell you that Jesus can snap it. And then he can let it go. And that you can let go and let God be the one that is your Savior, your God, your strength, and 
your hope for getting to heaven. Lord, I've preached your word. Have your way. Let God be God in your problem. Let him be the power, your great possibility through that prayer. specifically all things your things your things tomorrow your friends things your co-workers things your wife's things your husband's things brethren your growing children's things they're possible with God they can work out and you can even work out long distance with prayer prayer can touch someone in a foreign country prayer is God's superpower for the Christian. Father, I preached your word. Have your way in our hearts. But Lord, more than this, more than just a preacher making noise, let there be a real message that there's a great possibility that lies irrespective in spite of all the problems that we face. There's a God who's going to get us to go over, under, or just smash through those problems by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' precious name, amen.